Tuesday, guys, and welcome to another episode of the One Broke Actress Podcast, an honest account of actor life, plus a few lessons I learned in the process. I am your host, Sam Valentine, a.k.a. One Broke Actress. Happy Thanksgiving, guys. We're pretty much there. Um, I personally will not be in L.A. for Thanksgiving. I will be spending time with my family, which is a nice little reprieve before the busy season. This is my kind of hot tip this week. Did you guys realize that November and December are extremely busy commercial and print seasons? Yes, right? So why is this? This is because advertisers are using the end of their yearly budgets, meaning um, you know, the company that hasn't used all of their possible budget for upcoming commercials or print ads yet are going to try and alleviate that over the next couple of months and get as much done as they possibly can. It is the season of last-minute auditions, which is sucky because it's also the season of holiday parties and fun and 10,000 things going on at once. So you kind of have to find your middle ground. So if you guys want to check out onebrokeactress.com, I have some suggestions there about kind of finding your niche and your happy place in this crazy time and on my Instagram um, at Sam Valentine. So be sure to check that out. Today's episode, we have Kristen Joy Bjorgi, who is Someone I can't really put in a box for this podcast. Usually I have someone who is a writer, who is an agent, who is an actor. You can kind of put them in each category. Today, it's a little different. Kristen moved to L.A. to act. Uh, She tells us a little bit about that story today, how she realized that that isn't inevitably what she wants to do and how she kind of backed her way out and discovered her creative side in writing. And that is her main focus now. But at the same time, she is also employed as an agent's assistant. So she has front-hand knowledge of all the goings-on behind the scenes in that world. And the cool thing is she's down to chat about it because it's also not her inevitable goal career. So she has the creative mindset of a writer And her scripts are really awesome, guys. She gives you a little incentive at the end to reach out to her if you want to read her scripts. And I cannot recommend strongly enough that you take her up on that. But uh, she also gives us some fantastic insider agency information. We talk about gifts, as always. Everyone likes to talk about holiday gifts for their agents. Uh, We talk about the money behind the scenes. We talk about the day-to-day. How often should you actually call your agents? Should you call your agents? How should you write an email to them? we get into it. So I won't keep you too much longer. Um, Make sure to listen in afterward. I'll give you a little recap of what's going on on my end. So without further ado, please enjoy Kristen. All right, Kristen, thanks for joining me today. Thank you for having me. So how did you wind up in this kitchen today? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think that answer is twofold or maybe even threefold I know you through Sarah Mornell and I started working with Sarah as an actor in the latter half of 2014 and about I'd say a year and a half or so later I realized that being an actor, it was actually kind of a, there wasn't sort of any large epiphany or big moment, but it was essentially like, 
I was thinking one day and I realized, I think it was actually in class and we were probably working on scenes from something like NCIS or working on co-stars or something like that. And I was like, super soul, something so (laughs) fun. And I really had a quick heart to heart with myself. And I asked myself, would I want a job on NCIS, would I even want a job doing a recurring arc on Grey's Anatomy? And honestly, the answer was no. (laughs) And so I thought to myself, well, if I only really want to work on shows that I want to work on, I really feel like I should be writing shows instead of, because my drive and my passion, even from before I had this all come into my consciousness was I was always more excited about what the content was Mm -hmm. than being a player in something that was already established so that's kind of how I realized and quite frankly actors in this town don't have any power and I want power so that's (laughs) like and I wanted power like I wanted to be somebody like Jill Soloway or you know Michelle Ashford, who created Masters of Sex, these women who created these really great cable shows. That's what I wanted. So I very quickly, and thankfully I'm also not a bad writer. That's another thing, too, is that I don't <laughs> think everybody can just, like, jump jump into, you know. I mean, I'm listen, lucky. Dip yeah. your toes in the pond. Yeah, so. It, it's not for everyone. Yeah, exactly. Just like acting, yeah, just like acting is not for everyone. But, you know, I really took to writing pretty quickly. And so then the thing I realized, which, and this is would be my advice to anybody who is getting, the, trying to get their foot in the door in the industry, not in the acting realm, is I would suggest getting a full-time job in the industry on the creative side if you can. For instance, being an assistant at an agency, being an assistant to a manager, being an assistant even to an actor. Like I know some people have been like, you know, Julia Louise Dreyfus assistant or, you know. Well, that is somebody's, one job you know, I've never had. <laughs> you know, so unlike acting where I think you have to have your days open and your time very flexible, with writing, producing, directing, and I am generalizing a little bit, I think that having a full-time job in the industry in some capacity, so long as it's not like, you know, you're work you're working in like distribution or something random where you're not really <laughs> where it's very business like, mm-hmm. corporate like, is really your best bet to getting your foot in the door. So, so what then, did that process look like for you? So once I decided that acting, no more for me. Because that was probably your whole world was built around that. Your jobs, your income. your It was. Um, I think I had always, and I, I'm not sure why, like a pretty good acting life balance. I never really felt that... I never really had these moments. I mean, I'm human. I had moments of like, oh my God, what am I doing? But I never felt Thank God I didn't get out. (laughs) But I never really felt like I was overwhelmed with what it meant to be a working actor in this town. And like, especially one at the very bottom of the barrel. Mm -hmm. That didn't overwhelm me 
I had my moments of, of course, like anyone else, will I ever succeed? Like, what am I doing? That doubt. But I generally, you know, I had my friends and I had my, you know, things I liked to do outside of acting. And so like, like a life. I had a life. I, I, I'm not like a very, I'm not like, yeah, I had a life. I had a life outside of acting, even though I wouldn't say I'm necessarily, you know, I'm somebody who goes out all the time or anything like that. But I had interests and things I enjoyed outside of acting. And so once I decided like, well, I think writing and being a creator is much more for me. I immediately kind of looked to, and again, I, I didn't know nothing. I didn't know anything, but sort of, okay, like how, what is the path these people kind of go on? Mm-hmm. And just like acting, there is no right answer. There is no one way. There is no magic spoon that's going to be placed in your mouth at some point that will, will herald the <laughs> success. However, something I did notice was a lot, most of these writers, directors, creators that I looked up to, or even ones that were on their way, worked full-time in the industry. And I was very lucky, I will say, is that at that around that time, Sarah actually... She knows a, fair, a, a a pretty big agent here in town that needed somebody to do coverage, and obviously that was a. Per, and if you don't know, should yeah, I explain, we, script we explain what it is? So yeah, yeah. script coverage is basically like, and this is really going to take the Hollywood sheen off a lot of you people. Is is so. The reality is, is that most of the scripts that like come through an agency or a production company or studio are not read by the person they're coming in for. They're read by the intern or the assistant who then does like a long synopsis comments and like a character breakdown of the script. And there's usually some sort of rating system for like all the aspects of the, of the screenplay, like plot character, et cetera. And these are ones that are like reaching out to be cast. Because I work at an agency, yes. These would be ones that people are trying to attach actors to or check avails on actors. Got it. At an agency, they're really only going to come in for your bigger actors or like actors that have been working for a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, But if it was going to like a production company, it would be like for them to maybe help finance or produce or something. So it depends. But for yes, for for my experience and purposes for, for casting... And sometimes we do have a couple actors who are now at the place where if they do attach themselves to a piece, they can really help secure financing. And they also could possibly be, have a producer credit as well. And there have been a couple, well, more than a couple offers that have come in for this one particular actor um, who it'd be like, we just want him to look at this for producing, or we just want him to look at this if he wants to make his directorial debut. So, that's like the big league. That's players. like the big. Yeah. And I, I will, you know, this actor is now one of the Marvel. He's he's a Marvel superhero. So like he's he has reached an echelon that, you know, he's doing. He's arrived. Doing he's arrived, okay. people. He's arrived. He, he quote unquote <laughs> made it. <laughs> he, he made it. So, but yes, to answer your so script coverage is. So, long synopsis, breakdown of characters, thorough comments about how you feel about the script. And this is not just the quality of the script, but also is it marketable? What would it take for it to get to be produced? What's the team behind it? You know, is A24 producing it? Or is, you know, 
cornfield productions producing it that hasn't done anything yeah like, like i you know what i mean that kind of a thing and i want to have a production company um, named a rating cornfield system productions. yes <laughs> that'll be the name of my production company no um and then the a- the agent gets that in this case and for the larger actors he will often read the whole script along with the coverage but a lot of times I'm be honest you sometimes have an intern giving is the sounding board for whether or not somebody should do a movie which is kind of fascinating if you think about it um yeah that's crazy yeah or myself like i'm gonna be like really transparent i make before our guaranteed overtime 12.65 an hour and i am advising movie stars whether or not they should take a movie i'm not the only person i'm not the the be all end all but sometimes i'm like the first like strong opinion that's like should they do this movie so their career goes one way or should they not wow yeah so we're gonna come back to that (laughs) because i have so many questions and several concerns but for you when you took on this job did you do it because you thought one having a full-time job in the industry but also because then your job would be reading scripts and writing well that was that was a big because I originally didn't take it as a full-time job I originally took it as a part-time gig just reading scripts because at the time they had probably a list with about 60 scripts on it they were behind on so I literally would just come to the office and I would just sit there and I would read scripts how did you qualify for that job what were they looking for in people because that sounds like a lot. honestly I have to tell you like praise be to Sarah Mornell because I think that they really honestly took it off of her recommendation and meeting me once and like being like, okay, this girl is smart. And then before they, before I got the definite yes, they gave me a script that actually, again, this actor that I referenced before had written with his writing partner and everyone had to do coverage on that script. And so like a trial, then they read that coverage and I think they realized, oh, okay, she knows what she's talking about. At least, you know, as much as a 20, seven-year-old can in the you know like she's she's good enough man she's good enough and then I started reading scripts and then one of the one of their assistants left a few months later and I sort of took over her duties a lot of her admin duties rolling calls the whole assistant jam and in addition to reading scripts and I'm still there so that is how that happened and I took it Yes, because of the script rating, but more so because I knew, especially working for an agency, you meet a lot of people. Yeah. You meet a lot of people. And like I have a lit manager now and it's all because if like if I had never worked at Green, I would have never met that person and never made that connection. Like did you meet them in the office? mm Mm-hmm. And she was another assistant there and she left for another company and she ended up reading my you know, one of my scripts and was like like let's let's do this let's 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 try this out so which she is was, she was an assistant in your office and she, then she, she was, went to a lit manager office she went to an a management company oh, that has awesome. lit and talent yes that's so cool. and it's not even just that but you know I do have a relationship a professional relationship even if a small one with some of these actors you know there are different managers and reps that I know you know getting drinks with other assistants. You know, it kind of reminds me of when Sarah talks about the this idea of rising together. Mm-hmm. 
the, this is very much, I can really feel that happening. Um, is that getting to meet these other assistants, figuring out what they ultimately want to do, make, making those connections, meeting pe- as many people as you can. It's kind of the same in all jobs, I guess. And, you know, you get to go to things like, I went to the Marshall premiere. If you guys are trying to figure out who these actors are, clue Marshall. I went to the Mar. <laughs> I went to the Marshall premiere. <laughs> I went to the Marshall premiere with the Office, which was a great fun, and you know, met tons of people there. Yeah, you know, and different little conversations and longer conversations and connections made. And do you think, out of the group of people, like if all the assistants go and get drinks, whatever, do most of them have a goal? other than being an agent of their own one day is do everyone is more often than not people are in a creative field. Most assistants of agents and managers that I've met want to either be an agent or manager. Now, I don't know if you know this, but actors, this is, I feel like a nice little tidbit of information. Agents are not um, able to produce things where management companies, like for instance, anonymous content, link entertainment, some of these, um, 360, some of these larger companies, if you even go on IMDb Pro or something, you'll see them as also producers. So a lot of these managers also do want to produce, which very much works for that world. Mm -hmm. Um, The agent assistants, I know the other assistants in my office, they do want to be agents. Um, I think it just just depends. Most of them that I've met do want to go up the chain of being a mate manager or an agent but not everybody um I am an outlier uh I think that's why I wanted to talk (laughs) I actually am kind of the bane of my boss's existence sometimes because I leave every day at 7 30 I get in every day at 9 45 because I have to go home and write I have to go home and do the other job that I have that I actually want to do and that was a point of contention for a while. How did that work out? I basically was just like a big bitch and was like, this is how it's going to be. <laughs> no, I'm serious. Like, well, and you have to be good. Let's lay the groundwork first, though. You have to be really good at your job I was, to earn that Yes, kind of and I was. And I was very good at reading scripts. I still have, I mean, I'm still good at reading scripts. And I think he, and he has read some of my writing now, and he's like, this is good. So I think that I earned his respect in that regard. And then he has sort of loosened the reins a little bit. And also there are people in the office now that do want to be an agent who are going to, you know, be there at whole 10 o'clock at night. And I just, you're not one of them. I'm not one of them. No, I am not. And that's (laughs) fine. And that is fine. But I don't want to make it sound like I, I'm not glad I took this job because the benefits and the people that I've met, I know have only helped elevate where I'm going to go as a writer and stuff. I think any creative writers and directors in particular, I can't really speak as much to directors, but writers, the goal is really to be like an assistant on a show or an assistant in a production capacity where you're closer. But I think, you know, you take whatever... You can. So for you, do you feel like you are, how do I want to word this? I, as, as an actor, you know, who gets stuff from my managers and agents, I would love to have someone who's in the creative 
like brain thinking ways on that side of the world because I feel like a great deal of people behind the desk oftentimes are not the creatives. They are very business, business yeah. money savvy, strategic, and I love the idea of having someone creative. Do you feel like that that's it made you better at your job? Absolutely. I think any script I read, I always look at it from the creative perspective first or the writing perspective. Like, is this a good piece of material? Not just writing wise, because some things are written well, but they're about something that's garbage. You know what I mean? I will say where I work, um, the owner, my boss, comes from a acting background, comes from a creative background. So they are a little... Um, better. They know their clients want to do quality. Um, and it's interesting though, to be sitting in the office. It's where I learn a lot is because, you know, and I'm going to just start prefacing this with, I don't want to throw, I'm not throwing anybody under the bus. I love the people I work with dearly. So I'm just recounting what I, you know, see, see in the office. And that it's, it's funny that, you know, there's a lot of talk about wanting to do quality projects and stuff, but, but they don't make money often. And so there will often be a lot of offhanded comments or, you know, if a certain client wants to do this or a certain client calls, it'll be like, oh, well, they haven't made us any money in such and such years. Or, oh, well, have they made us any money yet? Ha, 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 ha. So there is that sort of, I, for lack of a better word, hypocrisy in the sense of like, you know, yeah, I think these bigger actors that have quote unquote arrived if they want to do a movie for scale they don't care but you know it's almost as like you know they're developmental people if, if you're kind of picking up what if you're picking up what i'm putting down you know yeah of you know they want you to do good work but at the same time everyone has to get paid and i 100 percent know that i work in an agency that is far more um, accepting or what would you say um, open to these creative projects than a big place like CAA or UTA. Yeah. Um, again, I think when you go there that big, I think it depends on the agent you have as well because they're not all um, sitting in the same room like we are. Yeah. Um, so, but that answers your question. Yeah, it does. You know, you work 945 to 730 you work all day long reading scripts and you come home to write. I think that... Well, one thing, I don't read scripts all day in the office anymore. It's okay. mainly at... I mean, it's the it's the total rolling calls, scheduling things, e heavy, heavy influx of emails, staying on your, you know the agents to do X, Y, or Z, sometimes sending out appointments, dealing with actors. Sometimes I'll read scripts in the office now, but most of the time I have to read them at home or do the coverage at home. Um, so because with all that on your plate, yes, as you are now an assistant and still do coverage and you're pursuing this other thing, how do you manage your time? Because I think there's a huge disconnect and I suffer from the same issues. I will work all day and I come home and I am exhausted. And the last thing I want to do is work on something for acting or cut my reel or something like that. So in terms of time management and how you kind of keep your shit together, what do you do? Um, I think 
that having a routine and sticking mostly to it, but not being too hard on yourself is really important. Um, I get up three to four mornings a week at 6.30 and do, in my case, CrossFit or whatever Yay. workout class I do. Yeah, you know. Uh, so I do, I do that, and then I go home, go to work, and then I go through these spurts. So I'll have spurts where for several weeks I'll come home from work and I'll write. And that doesn't necessarily mean, I think when people think write, they think, oh, they sit down at final draft and they're typing out. <laughs> That's it's, what I picture. <laughs> and so it's not necessarily true. <laughs> it's reading books if you have to research a thing. You know, it could be even something as like, you know, having pages open and, you know, trying to beat out a particular plot point. It can honestly be sitting in your fucking chair with Spotify open and listening to music for a half hour and like working things out in your head. Like all of those things require energy in the, in the space to write. And the thing that honestly, I, I don't know how I do it sometimes. My roommate says I'm nuts. Um, <laughs> I think I do a lot of it on the weekends. Um, but as I mentioned before, an assistant doesn't make a lot of money. So I also babysit a lot on the weekends. But um, I love I love that <laughs> point of honesty. I hate, I love that so much. Thank I mean, you. it's it. it I this is kind of going on a tangent, but like if I cared more, I would want the assistance to unionize. It's it's all bullshit. But anyways, um, interesting <laughs> because it's 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 you have no idea how much money there is in this industry. You, I mean, as actors, not to be like you don't know, but like you don't know how much money there is. And I handle. I don't know if I want to know. I don't think you do. And I do know <laughs> now how much money there is from certain things I have to do with my job. And it, it's just wrong. That's all I have to say is that it's wrong. <laughs> like, it's wrong. Sounds wrong. Um, I make more money per hour babysitting. I make more money per hour babysitting as well. So I think if I'm too exhausted to write, I don't f force myself. I just let myself watch. And that's another thing too, is that just like it's important for actors to watch TV, it's important for writers to watch things all the time as well. Mm -hmm. So I watch something or I sleep, you know, or, or do something that is related, but I don't, which is why I saying I kind of go through cycles. Like I'll have cycles where I'll co go, come home at night and I'll write every night, whether that's sitting in final draft or reading a book. <laughs> and then I'll have cycles where I will come home and I'll make some tea or I'll crack open a beer and I'll watch, whatever. you know, whatever. Yeah. And that helps. I also think self-imposed deadlines help. A lot of people laugh in my face and say that's ridiculous. But, but I'm all about this. But um, <laughs> I'm so I, I can't do anything without it. I like, for instance, I have this new pilot I'm writing and I want it done by the end of this month. And I bet you that. It will be mostly done. It might not be completed com totally, but a lot of it will be done by the end of this month. I'm not big on contests or fellowships for writers. I think they can get into kind of the workshop territory that it can like for actors as well. Mm -hmm. Not the same because a lot of this, these fellowships, even if you have to pay an entrance fee, the entire fellowship is free. So like all your classes, all the things that go with it, 100% free, oh. which are all subsidized by either the WGA or other sponsors. So that's kind of cool and something that's different from writing. Yeah. Um, which what? I, I chalk up, chalk up to the WGA being a superior union and would never allow 
writers to be exploited in the same way. I feel like they very much take care <laughs> of the people. I agree. So, uh, anyways, do you sub- do, are you into the online submissions like the blacklist or any of those? So things? I recently put a pilot on the blacklist and it scored really well and it was a finalist for one of their blacklist women in film. Congratulations! It did not make it, sadly, but it got close. That's huge. So blacklist is kind of tough. If you guys don't know what this is, um, it's an online website where writers can submit their work, and you pay us a fee for a review of your work, basically from a established, employed fellow writer. Actually, it's not a fellow writer. It's a um. Well, they can be. I think they can be. They say that it's supposed to mirror like the first person that would read it at a studio or a network or it's like a I don't know if it's assistant but like probably an associate level okay like if that makes sense yeah yeah yeah. um so yes that is so you know it's interesting though the subjectivity because I had one that was like amazing and then one that was you know not so great you know so it's It's like like you kind of but the overall rating is like in their top whatever the fuck and so I was chosen for this and because here's the thing right is that just as a tangent is that like and I know because I read tons of scripts like there are certain scripts I read that I'm just not gonna like because I don't like what they're about because of my preferences and so that script is obviously not gonna get my glorious you know a review from me because I just, you know, don't care about fighting off robots who overtook Mars or something. You know what I mean? Like, I don't care. Like, I don't care. And so even if it's written in a superior fashion, that reader is never going to give you, like, a score that's through the ceiling, which is why it's hard to... sometimes Like, some things obviously are just bad and some things are, are good, but... It, most things is very gray in terms of determining, you know, what is good or bad. But anyways, yes. So I did that with a blacklist. That was pretty great. And the reason I'm okay paying a fee to get a review is because if I had gotten that fellowship, I would have gotten like eight classes with industry professionals and other writers and all this networking and work for a hundred for free, which is not something that actors get from their, workshops or whatever it is nope. <laughs> so it's a different it's a different animal I also made this script also made it um as a sec into the quarterfinals like they call it the second round at the Austin Film Festival that's fantastic which is also another very prestigious screenplay that's a big competition one. that's a big one that's probably besides the nickel fellowship which is what the Oscars um that's the Academy Awards uh, screenwriting competition, which is only screenplays. And I write mainly pilots. So Austin is probably the most prestigious contest you can submit your pilot to. So it made it cool. a little far into that. So, you know, it, it's those things can help. But I also have never heard of a famous showrunner, creator, or screenwriter who has won the nickel or who has won any of these fellowships and contests. So it's not that they kind of funny. That's not that they can't help, but it's not like acting. It's like, there's no one way to do it. And what I've noticed is that I don't think it's about spending all your money and submitting to every contest. I think it's about grinding and writing a lot and 
working really hard and going out and meeting people and being that a nice sort of person being a nice being nice in your bitchiness yes that's, that's it's always which is a delicate balance for me so uh, it's uh, I have friends and uh, they'll know who they're, they are when I say this, but I have a friend from college who named me the nicest bitch she's ever met. <laughs> she's like, you're so subtle. <laughs> I was like, I think I'm just honest if you ask. <laughs> I know. I think that's another reason why I've kept my job too is because uh, my colleagues enjoy working with me because I do bring this sort of – funny bitchiness to the office and like I care enough you're very real which is often hard to find not only on the acting side but on the other side of the desk Mm -hmm. it's hard to find sometimes because most of the time and you know I granted I haven't seen you with clients blah 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 but Mm -hmm. from what I know about you I don't foresee you blowing smoke up someone's ass and you know oh my god oh my god we're like having ESP or whatever they call it because (laughs) My boss talks a lot about blowing smoke. And I think at the end of the day, all agents do blow smoke, but he really tries not to. And the culture he has created at his agency is as much as it can be in this industry. Yeah. Is real as it get. I don't, he doesn't lie to clients on the phone. Like he doesn't, we, the office doesn't indulge. I mean, it's not perfect, but they don't indulge in a lot of that smoke blowing and, Honestly, flat out lying that I think a lot of agents do, which is is great. And I so I think that someone like me can do well there because, you know, I know what, you know, (laughs) I know when like it's bullshit and when it's not. And I can push the boundaries and then I know when to, you know, another thing that I think just in general really helps when it comes to writing or if you want to be an agent or even if you want to be an actor is honestly just like work ethic. Like, you just have to be, you just have to work hard. Have like, you always been like that? I think so, yeah. I think so. And I think it's my uh, upbringing, partially. I was, um, I grew up homes- in, like, a homeschooling family. Where are you from? I'm from Illinois, like, northern Illinois. Really? I'm from southern Illinois. I went to oh, that's so interesting. In uh, Columbia, I'm, Illinois. like, from, like, five miles. I'm, like, the north, northwest suburbs of Chicago where, like, the farm towns kind of begin. Okay. So, like, very close to Wisconsin. I'm outside of and St. Louis uh, on the... Illinois side oh really my brother went to Greenville College which is like very that sounds familiar yeah it's like very it's like 45 minutes from St. Louis oh Southern Illinois as was I went to the University of Illinois in Urbana-Champaign oh yeah yeah yeah. which I've been I've spent a lot of time and speaking of that (laughs) I went to the University of Illinois and I think partially because in Chicago Chicago is very influenced, I think, by like the New York conservatory culture and the East kind of the East Coast thing with their training. And I studied acting. So did you go to college for acting? mm -hmm. I went to the University of Illinois and that's a you have to audition. It's a kind of a tough program. Oh, we have to go. Yeah, you have to audition. You know, and then they cut. They cut. I didn't get accepted. Oh, you did? No, (laughs) we would have been in the same class. I didn't get accepted. So I went there and. Sure, I'm sure it was great. Okay, next subject. No, no, no. So I went there and, you know, it was, I remember being a freshman and and they do this on purpose. Their freshman acting class starts at like 8.30 a.m. Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And I remember professors kicking people out when they got there at 8.25. And I remember one professor, you know, who's a good friend and mentor to this day being like, if you have to be on a television set at 6 a.m., like you have to be there or you're fucked. So it wasn't a conservatory because it wasn't a, 
state school. I don't know how that works, but it was run very much like a conservatory. It went through a huge cut our sophomore year. Wow. Um, they keep the Like the whole, it's it kind of old school. It was not perfect by any means, but have, the work ethic training was very good. Did you have film training while you were there? Or was it we had one typical? semester where we taped things, and I would have to tell you that it was really not something that prepared us for anything. I think that is hugely um, lacking in theater programs in schools. Now, I loved, I, I had a great time in college. I learned a great deal. I grew up a lot. But the disconnect between the film program in my school and the acting program in my school was huge and I had to learn everything oh see we didn't have film we had a cinema studies program in the college of media which was like not it was like the study more of like I guess history Mm -hmm. like not so there was no film at Illinois which is kind of interesting I guess considering it is a it is a very big Big school. school the thing that was really stressed to me and this is something that I think actors need so bad and and writers too as well and goes along what we say about having a life is one of the best things I got from one of my professors or is she would always stress the importance of being curious and having a life outside or being or, or having interests and things that you liked outside of just our performing arts center at the time and that really served me well. I'd like to think it served all of us well. But that idea of if you want to be an artist, if you want to be a writer, if you want to be a director, you you have to know people. You have to know what they do. You have to know the world, mm-hmm. which sounds very big in general, but that but you can make it as small as, as you need specific it as you need to. And there was a high emphasis on specificity. And so in all of our training. Uh, so even though, you know, I spent my senior year reading a Shakespeare play every week, <laughs> you know, th- there were still things that I picked up on that really helped me, you know, as a writer, as an actor in life, in terms of like needing to be detailed, needing to be specific, needing to have high stakes, needing to, you know, really work for what you want. Um were all things that I got from there. And it helped, too, that it was at a very large Big Ten school. So you had this pocket of your BFA class, but then you could go off on this large university and have these college and, you know, growing experiences. So you have good drinks at Joe's. Oh, my God, Joe's! <laughs> oh, my don't God, I don't want to talk. We have, we'll have to cut this out, but I've had some ni- I had some nights at Joe's, man. <laughs> Oh my god so yes um so bringing that back to LA so you came here with that actor mindset the transition kind of happened uh and so now you're working in this world so from this side of things what what do actors need to know yeah this is (laughs) (laughs) um I think that Wow, I just need to like take a second and like gather my thoughts. <laughs> because I think actors need to know know a lot and not in a 
you need to know this and you don't in like talking down way but just like well it's just an honest levels. conversation yes i think that I'm going to say something kind of extreme. Maybe people will disagree with me. I think the days of self-submitting yourself to agents and managers are over. Um, or at least on the tail end. If you are still mailing anything to your agent or manager, you're an idiot. Like, I don't know how else to say that. Do not send anything. Like, literally, at least where I work, if you if people just cold email submissions, they usually do get forwarded to the whole team. But if you mail them, they sit in a box that maybe the commercial department will go through. Mm. I can't even tell you. And every time a thank you card gets sent or like a postcard, the agent just throws it away immediately. They don't even look at it. Please save your money. Do not mail things. It's just, we are two, it's 2017. Like if you're going to self-submit, which I don't even suggest, like you just, you have to email it. And if you don't have their email, then, then don't submit. Um, that's huge. That's it's expensive. It's expensive. And like, oh, it drives me crazy. And I, I can only imagine that at the bigger agencies, it's even worse. Like they're just throwing out hundreds and hundreds of postcards and things. They and don't mail anything to William Morris, guys. Yeah. Don't. Don't. <laughs> don't do it. Don't fucking do it. Don't. Don't fucking mail anything. Stamp. Don't even sit. You want to know something too, is that don't sit at your computer for an afternoon and email these agents either because... I know it feels like for an actor, like, well, then what do I do? Like, I don't, you know, like, how do I get an agent? And if I can't get a job and it feels like it's, there's all these catch 22s. And it's like, sadly, like we live in the age of the internet. And I don't mean to go all fucking global about this, but like the internet has made it possible for like people to like be really lazy and have everything available for them to watch like at their fingertips. And I'm not saying there hasn't been a cold submission that like the agents haven't opened and been like, oh my God, like this person is great. Like it's happened. But the reality is, unless you're like a minority, and even at my agency, like if you're black, like I'm sorry, you have to be amazing because like what they do is like their sweet spot is like black actors in their 30s and 40s. And like, honestly, like you're going to have to be really pretty fucking amazing to like get a meeting or sign there. Mm-hmm. Um, so unless you're, you know, between 15 and 18 years old, or super ripped or a supermodel. I don't I think you cold submitting is just a waste of your time. Like you should spend it building a brand like Sam Valentine has here. Oh, you know what I mean? She sure as shit's trying. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, but that is a better use of your time because it's very specific what you're doing mm-hmm. and you have something to show for it. You know what I mean? Like yeah. so much better than and then if you do get a meeting with a huge agent or something, they're going to see there and be like, wow, like this is a cool thing that you've been doing. Like, oh my God, you did this. You did. It's like, it just makes so much more sense. And I think it goes along with what we were saying before of, oh, having a life outside of acting. Like even though your blog is about acting, it's still a life outside of acting. Oh, it's, it's so, it's my creative outlet. It's, it's, I'm like breathing air right now. Like doing literally, going to Runyon for a hike is a better expenditure of your time in my opinion than submitting to agents and way too there are some suggestions <laughs> there are some exceptions if you speak four languages sure if you again are a really ripped man and you know that you're not bad like a lot of these really super hot people are bad actors I hate to make that like assumption but like if you know like like 
like my agency in particular, won't, they won't take, they, they won't even see a scene from somebody, even if they're super ripped, who's not good. good. So that's, you know, it's nice because God doesn't always give us both hands. It's nice yeah. You know. know what I mean? No, I mean, and, and again, this is again where I work. I'm lucky. They are more about, they will not sign bad actors. They're, they're about quality. They're about having a small roster. Um, you need to study really about auditioning because here's the thing. Like, even though I haven't acted now in years, if I needed to like do a Shakespeare monologue, could I still do it? Well, yes, because of my training at the university of Illinois, but no one cares, but no one cares. You know what I mean? Like you need to be training on the stuff that is going to help you get the job. So that's Mm -hmm. another thing. Um, I think communication, I'll kind of move into if you already have a rep, especially if you have a rep who is lucky for you, you know, somebody who is kind of a larger agent is communication with your rep. I think is sometimes, you know, like a lot of these actors, well, not a lot, but some of the like people, actors, I don't know how to say it like, but actors who like are in the guest star phase or like in the developmental phase. I feel like it's like level two. Yeah. Like, (laughs) Some of them really badger the agents and like, and I hate to say it, it's almost 100% males that do this. Um, like, right. and be annoying Can't and <laughs> be annoying and email the agents and be like, where are my auditions and like stuff like that. Well, let's say you don't word it like that. Let's say you're not an asshole. And um, because this is something I don't know necessarily. Yes, this is, I think, the guidelines. key to address. And sadly, uh, spoiler alert, there is not one right answer. So we'll, <laughs> we'll try to dissect it. Asterix. Uh, uh, so for me, if, you know, if I haven't heard from my team in a, like six weeks, Mm-hmm. That's, a re- that's really quiet for me. Okay. So I'll shoot my managers. I'm, I'm going to put myself on the chopping block here, guys. I'll shoot my managers an email. Okay. And I'll say, hey, guys, I just want to update you on me. And like recently I did this and I was like, I got Pilates certified. I graduated from UCB. That actually is that. not. Wow, Sam is smart. That's not a bad way to do it. To check in with things that I'm bringing to the table first. I would keep it extremely short always. Yeah, I keep it like. But yeah, to just be like, hey, like I did this recently. Like so f- like or even, you know, you, some clients will send like a selfie of them on vacation. And that's like the whole email. But it's like <laughs> a reminder. But it's a reminder. Uh-huh. And that's the thing, too. I also think six to eight weeks is a good gauge. I'm sorry, if you haven't heard from your agent in a month, that's not long enough. Like, I think this six, good six weeks is a good, is a good, like, mm-hmm. marker um, if you haven't heard from them. Like, don't just send them an email every six weeks, like, if you've been hearing from them. But, like, if you haven't heard from them in six weeks, I think it's okay to reach out with, like, a really short email with something about yourself, something you've done or some, something really short, but not, like, where are my auditions or why is it How so often slow? How do you get emails that say, where are my auditions? I'm not saying we get them every day, but there You're is... You're also working with a little higher caliber. I think sometimes yes. at a lower level, it gets... We don't have a lot of actors that are developmental and we don't have a lot... Of, and one of them that was developmental that was kind of like, why haven't I had an audition in a while? Or, and he was doing these crazy things like sending these mail outs to managers with like his face on like, you know, one of those fake like Rolling Stone covers or like oh and when people, <laughs> and so like 
he got dropped. Uh, he got dropped right away. So um, if because you, he was mailing out to other agents. No, to other. He was trying to get a manager without the help of his agent. Oh, here's why? another thing too, guys. If you have an agent and you're like maybe developmental or in like that sort of guest star phase, and you want a manager, you have to tell your agent. They have to be a part of that process. Or and you, vice versa. And vice versa. You or you will get dropped. Like it kind of blew my mind to see that process of him. And then the managers he was reaching out to would email my boss being like, who is this person? Do you know them? Why are they sending me this weird mail out? So like, again, don't send anything in the mail. But if you really want a manager or you want to add somebody to the team, A, it might take a while. It might take a long time. And B, how long is a long time? Uh... Several months. Okay. I would say several months. Um, but it depends. I mean, it depends. It also depends, like, I get to depend on such trivial things. Like, this past week, there was a huge premiere for a huge actor. So anyone trying to get anything done this week with my boss was not going to get shit done. Yeah. And it's going to add a week to their time. It's just, there's so many variables that you, like, you don't even think of. Like, where he needs to travel. Like, where are the you know where are like the bigger clients like do they have premieres do they have things he needs to attend do they have you know like there are so many things that I think and we we get all in our head like oh it's about me it's it's like something I've done it's really like honestly like they're so busy not to mention they're on the phone from literally nine in the morning until 10 o'clock at night that sounds like a nightmare (laughs) I'm telling you and people are like my agent hasn't called me back in an hour it's like I have seen my boss be on the phone for over two hours one call uh-huh. one call so I promise I just want every actor out there to know like I promise it's I don't want to promise that it's not you but like 95% of the time it's not you that is the reason they're not calling back and there are ways you know like Sam gave a great example of like have gentle follow-ups that aren't putting the pressure on them or really yourself yeah, to help, you know? Um, I think uh, in terms, another one thing I want to talk about is gifts. Gifts. Oh, yeah. We're going to touch on <laughs> gifts. I want to talk about gifts. Uh, I think it's a really nice gesture. And because we have clients, we have probably about 40 series regulars at our agency. And... Okay, I'll be honest. Like, the least amount of money. I think we have somebody who's making $27,500 per episode on a show. And we did, last season, we had somebody who was making $125,000 an episode on a show. Now, the $125,000 an episode days are probably over now that we're moving into, like, a lot of the streaming and cable yeah. stuff, which is fine because, honestly, I'm sorry, nobody needs to be making $125,000. That's just my personal... That's what my stupid money. That's just my personal opinion. Uh, however, if you book a series regular, send your agent a fucking gift. I mean, that's a lot of money. And they're, yeah. they actually, to get you that job, that's a lot of work. Yes. And then once you have that job, they have to go to all the things. They have to do da-da-da-da-da and like all the blah-blah-blah-blah and like the things, things you might not even be thinking of. So if you book a huge job, it's a really – like for instance, we have an actor who I absolutely adore. He's lovely. He booked an eight – I don't even think he was termed as a regular, but he did. He got eight episodes at $50,000 an episode. Wow. So 
the thing the next day he sent us like this like beautiful like pastry arrangement from this really great LA place and I forgot the name because I'm an idiot but so I can't <laughs> I can't plug the great pastry but it's like if you book a huge job and this is not a guest star not a top of show guest star not even maybe a recur but if you book a huge job like that or it's like the holidays or something send your splurge to get your agent like a nice or your manager like a nice ish present and there are so many options that are affordable that you know like for instance one actor brought in a $25 Whole Foods gift card for like all seven or eight of us in the office, which is like a couple hundred bucks, but still like right. if you haven't, you know, I don't know what your, your day, you know, if you have a couple hundred extra, like that's like a really nice and gesture usable. and usable over some things that are no nos in the gift world. Sprinkles, cupcakes, Please, so dear specific. God, do not send any sprinkles, cupcakes. <laughs> Literally, we've gotten two dozen before, and it's like, what? What are you eight can only people eat like half of <laughs> exactly? <laughs> like, it'd be better to send us six than enough for everyone to have or two. Or send a small case of pup cakes, the ones they make for dogs. Oh, okay. <laughs> or send. Um, but like I said before, this actor, the one that with the 50,008 episodes, he sent like these really high end pastries, which were sweet, but not really sweet because they were like so nice and special. So mm-hmm. like if you're really going to splurge on something like that, I would, unless you're going to honestly, unless you're going to spend and if you're going to get sweets, it has to be like the creme de la creme of sweets. And I'm sorry, sprinkles or any sort of cupcakes just is not of that ilk anymore yeah um i think gift cards i love it there have been a few actors that have come in and brought like you know gift cards a gift a gift card small or large for everybody in the office i think that's a really sweet gesture um i think juices i think sarah said that before juices are good um they're a little bit more like there's a couple we have a really male heavy office and so like there's a couple guys in the office that were like, juices, like, what am I going to do with this? Like, it's not You're real. Like, it's not I'm real food. This is a real food. <laughs> so know who your agents are as well. If you have an office full of women who love pressed juicery, well, then great. Yeah. You know, um, do you think actors need to bring the gift in themselves? No. Okay. But if you want to, I don't think that that's a bad thing um craft beer assortment or wine assortment if you know that we don't have anybody who's sober in my office so that's always a nice you need to know and you need to know um that's always a nice gesture um people love having a beverage like i said i love having a beer at night when when i write my scripts Mm -hmm. um uh coffee gift cards like coffee places i think are great we haven't really gotten any of those but like i know i would love that and certain agents would love that trying to think of other I feel like there's other good do you remember any good ones that I um I remember a good one from someone mentioned once that they hired a masseuse for two hours that was me I mentioned that yeah yes 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 yes. so from Sue so if you can afford this this is amazing this and it's not that expensive it's not as expensive you think it's like uber for massages really um so you send a chair massage person for two hours to the office and everyone gets a 15 minute massage it was amazing it was awesome it's genius I, it was awesome. That was actually from a manager who gifted that to us. That's like a manager we worked with a lot gifted us. Another thing is if you can afford it, um, and this is a, probably in the couple hundred dollar range, maybe a little cheaper, like a catered lunch from like Corner Bakery or like a restaurant you really like. The agents and myself, I mean, we love getting lunch. 
love. Like that's probably like the favorite thing because then like you don't have to leave to go get lunch. You can stay in the office if you want to. So if you can, if that's something you can afford and do, especially if you have, if you have a manager who's only got like two or three people in the office, you can get these things called lunch boxes from corner bakery. It's, it's going to be like 40 bucks for you, if not less money. Oh, that's great. It's such a, like bringing lunch for your office. If it's under five people is really honestly pretty affordable and is something that they'll love. So the appropriate time to give gifts to reps would ideally be like holiday time and like a major booking. I would say holiday time lunch during pilot season is really great. And I feel like if you book something really major, send your reps a gift. Cool. Um, if you book money on your mailers, (laughs) don't, don't mail anything. (laughs) Was there anything else I'm going to ask you about like actors and reps that you wanted to go over? Because I feel like I'm missing something, but I don't. I mean, emailing is a big thing. The communication, I think, is communication. So we we went over. Yes. I also think too, if you have a concern, this has been a couple times. If you have a concern or something, and you want to talk to your agent about it, oh, I um, don't don't hesitate to reach out. And also too, don't hesitate to call. I think a lot of people think email is is best. And I think if you you're doing just a check in, like you said, like you haven't heard from them in six weeks, email is best. But if there's just something like you quickly you know, need to chat about and it's, you know exactly what it is and you just need an answer or you need like, I don't think it's a bad thing to call because there will be days when it's a slow day. And I know if any client calls, people will be more than happy to talk to them. And quite frankly, you can't, (laughs) you can't predict when that will be, Mm -hmm. but I think you just sort of have to suss it out and be like, you know what, we can talk about this later if it seems like it's rushed or if, you know. Yeah. Probably not Mondays or Fridays. Um. <laughs> no. Yeah. Another thing is too, and I don't. Again, I'm kind of letting some secrets out here. Is that a lot of times the agents will just say to call back, even if they could pick up the phone because they're like emailing or doing something else. So a good rule of thumb is if you know the agent says they'll call back, like don't call again later. That maybe wait a few days. Because I, I've noticed that's a good marker is that the agents won't take their phone calls if they're really busy. So, hey, a busy agent's not a bad thing. Yeah. Um, let's talk about I've I've just two more things. Yeah. When people leave an agency. Oh yeah, this is yeah. Moving on. Uh, you guys are a pretty big league in terms of like the small, like you guys are a quote unquote smaller agency, but you guys are higher up in the echelon, Mm -hmm. I guess you could say, but I'm sure actors move in and out. I'm sure you've had actors move from yours to like CAA level and stuff like that. And you as an assistant have probably witnessed a lot of this. I feel like often assistants are the ones by the way that you should be extra nice to one, because they're going to be the next agents. And two, because (laughs) <laughs> they don't get paid enough be extra to deal nice with to me <laughs> i'm gonna be running shows exactly <laughs> exactly so when people leave an agency mm-hmm. let's talk about how that goes down because it's so complicated now the thing is is that like i think everything depending on what tier you're on i wish we had a clear way of saying this like if you're developmental and you leave your agent for some reason there's not really a big break Mm -hmm. however there have been instances of people leaving the agency who are series regulars and really the thing with this is that 
if you are a series regular on a show that your agent booked you on and you leave, you have to pay them until your renegotiation. Yes. That's... That's just reality, folks. That's in your like, contract. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's, that's, well, actually, well, contracts are kind of a different thing, but, um, <laughs> but you have to pay them. Agents have protections under SAG. I don't know how many actors know that, but managers actually don't. So actors can really fuck managers because they can leave a manager and, the manager isn't protected in the same... Again, I don't know all the ins and outs contractually or what Mm -hmm. it is, but I do know that there have been instances of, for instance, a series regular who had a Canadian agent left after she booked a series regular and didn't want to pay her at all. So, like... Let's tread lightly there, guys. We don't recommend this. Yeah, like... That is how you get whacked up in a court. You know... It's just some bullshit. And she's not... And now her agent's here, you know... Like... That puts a bad taste in everybody's mouth forever, yes. forever, forever, forever. Like you can't do that. And, you know, there I, are some actors that have moved on that they're still paying green on their shows as they should. And that that's all you got to do. And again, this works. is for an upper echelon of actors. Like, I don't know how many. Well, even, you- even on the lower level, though, I think it is important to point out because a lot of times there have been things that I've booked for myself mm-hmm. that I have gotten for myself through my own connections, through my own things. I've even gotten some pretty big things myself. Mm-hmm. But I pay my Yeah, you always pay. For their percent regardless. And in my head, I think I'm paying for them for the work they've done up until this point. Not directly accumulated with this booking, but I'm paying them for their work. A hundred percent. And there are instances where an actor will be like, hey, like I'm doing this play. It pays me like no money. And the agent (laughs) will just be like, and like, don't. But it's like. You have to have that conversation, and most of the time, like you should pay or like don't hide, some, don't hide stuff. Some from of these them. play readings, you know, or t- stupid shit. Like, yeah. not that they're stupid, but like you know, the agent is not going to. It's probably going to. He be doesn't like, need your thirteen dollars you know, exactly. Like you know, but but you have to have that relationship where you where you talk about it, and you know, I hope everybody you know gets to the point where you know they're booking a series regular, and if that's the case. If you're going to make a change, you you got to pay pay the money work with the agent or manager who who booked you on it. That's so assuming my listeners are all really awesome people who are going to pay their reps and take care of them, yeah. nice awesome humans. How do you successfully cleanly end a relationship with an agent or slash manager or whatever it may be? I think honestly sending a really nice well-written email is a good thing and then if your agent calls picking up the phone don't ignore it um i'm a i'm big on the written word obviously i think i think it you get a lot more clarity when you can write something out um and that that to me is the best way because it is a business relationship you know like mm-hmm. that was me i i think an, an email and then Especially and being, on this and level. being honest, like somebody left recently and this person didn't really give a reason. And I'm not saying you have to give, you know, some multifaceted detailed reason, but I think maybe 
being on, I think being honest, being honest as you can is really crucial. Mm-hmm. So if there were issues, tell them if, you know, whatever it is, be honest. I think honesty, <laughs> you know, we live in a business where I think, again, a lot of people blow smoke, a lot of people lie or fib or whatever you want to call it. And I think when you come across somebody who's honest and authentic it's really powerful. And I think in any capacity that you can be, to be honest, not just in this one, is really, really crucial. That would be my... I love that. I hope that answers that. No, it definitely does. What, last thing, what do you wish you knew about this world, be it writing, be it the agency world, be it LA in general, what do you wish you knew before you were here? Nobody knows how exactly people make it to the top and n- nobody knows anything. I mean, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> they, and, and, and I don't, again, I'm not saying that to be offensive. I'm not saying that to be a bitch. I'm not saying that's that bitchy at no, all. I, I'm not, I'm, but I, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm not having that aimed at, you know, I think that this, uh, this industry is not a, a graduated system. It's not like going to work at some accounting firm and, and move, or even law firm and moving up the ranks until you're a partner, until you're this, until you're that. It's a feast or famine type of life. It's a, it, it's a night and day change. It's, you know, yes, are there incremental steps? Yes, but there is that big one thing that sort of propels you into the next category. And... There are an infinitesimal amount of ways that that can happen. And I think it's good to do your research like I did to see like, oh, well, a lot of successful writers were assistants and had these full-time jobs and started to meet people. But at the end of the day, you know, it's working hard and <laughs> not giving up and, and a little bit of luck. Like, you know what I mean? And I think... I think being an agent or being a manager, I don't want to discredit what they do. I think it's very hard, but it's the clearest way I've seen where in terms of working up, like you start in the mailroom or you start as an intern and then you're an assistant and then you're a junior and then you're, and it just takes a lot of grinding in those positions where something more creative like acting, like writing, like directing, or even like working in development, you know, is more of a complex process. And nobody, anybody who tells you that one way is the way is wrong. Like there's not one way like, and, and, and nobody, again, nobody knows what they're doing. And I think that because what, the industry is always changing so much and what people like to watch is changing so much. It's constantly shifting. And so I think thinking ahead, thinking, thinking broadly, thinking forward is, is always to your benefit as well. Um, Solid. And I agree. And, and if you ever have the dilemma of, whether you should go out and drink or you should stay home and work, always pick work. That's something I'll say. 
Always pick the work. I have some choices <laughs> to make <laughs> this evening. <laughs> I'm not, I mean, again, if you're having a dilemma about it, if it's a birthday party or something you're looking forward to, I don't want to say, you know, don't go have fun. But if, you, but if you're, you're trying to decide between whether you should work or you should go out, I think, because to echo my wise friend, Sarah Mornell, um, I think that um, our view of networking is sometimes kind of skewed and it, it is about so much who, who you know now and moving up together and working hard together and separately and not, you know, going out and spending your hard-earned money and getting drunk. Because if you're anything like me, I am in my old age now of drinking and uh, the next day is ruined as well, so... <laughs> Like two days lost. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's funny. Right? The concept of networking has come up in almost every single podcast. I think really that's something you should. Yeah. What's because I'm kind of interested. What are kind of the what are the differences that you've seen in people's perspective about about networking? Everyone I have chatted with who is successful and grounded at the same time has the same exact definition that your network is the people who you are friends with. And that is that mm-hmm. is where you work from, and that is the people you're friends with now will be your quote unquote network later on in life. Absolutely, like you will yeah. never going to Hollywood. Does he even go to Hollywood Highland? I don't know. I don't, <laughs> I don't go to clubs either. Uh, going to uh, going to a bar, WeHo or something. Going to, you know, yeah. going out, going to the Abbey, going to like going to a premiere party, going to yeah. probably that is not the thing that's going no. to be your next I think meeting person. I think if you, um, I 100% agree. I, I think that if you are, if, if anybody's listening that wants to be an agent or a manager or, you know, a producer in particular, I've noticed those positions do require a little bit more of the party. The schmoozy. The, sh- the, the <laughs> schmoozy networking. You know what I mean? I'm not saying go out and do it all the time and get blasted and be doing, you know, cocaine. Also, you're really, yeah, if you're doing drugs and drinking, you're a terrible schmoozer. Yeah, exactly. exactly. (laughs) But there is something, you know, I did go to this premiere the other night. Um, I think those things, those events once in a while can be a nice little like. Yeah, you don't, you can't hide at home. Fun break and time to go out and be with your colleagues and stuff, et cetera. But you're right. Something I've been learning if you're in your 20s like me, you know, or even 30s and you're still working your way up, I do think it's important to go out and meet other assistants, other peers, because those people can become your professional colleagues and friends. And especially if you don't have a lot, a large network out here already, or if you don't know a lot of people, that's a really good way to do it. I think looking at it in terms of making friends yes, over making, creating a network is, is eventually because the same thing. Because I look at going out with other assistants, which I don't do that often, is like making the, making a connection. Even if we don't become BFFs, you know, making yeah. that sort of human connection. A human it, connection. Yeah, exactly. I don't want it to sound so, <laughs> so you know, like... No, it is because we live our lives but, in front of you know, screens and especially because you, you, you work at a desk. Exactly. And, so and every time I've person. asked an assistant out, you know, if they, hey, you want to get dinner or drinks, they're always so excited. And I think it's because we're excited to go be with somebody who understands that's not because who understands our day yeah who understands what we're doing every day and make that you know friendly connection that's why and I, so i'm all about actors stopping to think of each other as less about th- that is my competition as 
that is no. my friend. Honestly, nobody is your competition. Yeah, the re- nobody's, nobody's the your competition. I, and again, I don't mean to sound so like ooh, like woo woo or something, but nobody is alike, and therefore, like nobody is your <laughs> nobody. Is, I mean, they're not. I mean, there's a reason, and it might be so hard to see that reason, but but it's true. And again, if you feel like I don't really have a network or I don't have a lot of friends out here, you know what I just described about, you know, going out for lunch or coffee with people that do what, do what you do is, is a really good way to, to forge those connections. Yeah. Um, so. Agreed. Mm. If people want to check out any of your writing or hear more about you, is there anywhere we can direct them? Um, oh man. The answer is no. <laughs> You can leave her alone. She's going to fucking talk to you. No, I would love. No, I'm seriously. I'm a whore. I'm a whore. I want everybody to read my. I know I'm. No, I. I need people to read my writing, honestly. So, like, please, um, email me. I guess. No, that's great. Um, Actors, someone's giving you a script to read. Please email me, KristenJoyB at gmail dot com. K r i s t e n JoyB at gmail dot com. That. Kristen Joy B is also my Twitter or Instagram if you want to, which has much more to do with me like doing Spartan races and CrossFit than writing. But if that interests <laughs> you, then please follow. Um, and I love, love as much as I can come off brash sometimes and like ugh about things. I love talking to actors and helping them. I love talking to other um creatives or non-creatives I love this business I love this industry I love writing um as much as it can all drive us crazy I do love it and so um but if you email me and I know of you or you're an acquaintance or somebody who if you're you know somebody who knows Sarah Mornell uh email me um if you want to read anything I'd love that um I also Sarah once hosted a, a reading for me of one of my scripts, which was really great for me to hear out loud. So I'm hoping in the next few months to also do another reading of something I've written. So, awesome. um, you guys, this is gold. If Someone you, wants to give you scripts I'm telling you, I'm going to be a showrunner one day. You want to email me? Um, I, I'm just would, kidding. I, <laughs> I can't tell you how great that is. Someone of this, um, you guys got to take her up on this. I know. And you know what? Yeah, it would be great. And, you know, again, if I don't again, I don't want to make any promises. But again, like I work for an agency and like if some, you know, if you were of the right type or the right ilk, like I'm I'm always there to help. I'm always there to help and and see what I can do. So she's um, extremely helpful and talk about art and CrossFit <laughs> and CrossFit. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Awesome. All right. Uh, this was so, so great. Thank you so much for being here. You are welcome. You are so welcome. All right, guys, I will talk to you in a sec. Bye. And that wraps us up for today. Guys, wasn't that so awesome? It's so nice to hear from a creative person who is behind the desk at an agency office. Um, we have to thank Kristen for all of her time. I strongly recommend you guys shoot her an email tell her you heard her on the podcast tell her what you appreciated and see if you can snag one of her scripts i finished one a couple weeks ago and girl can write she's not joking she is gonna be a showrunner one day so you're gonna want to know her 
um, in all seriousness, so you should definitely check her out. And while you're at it, you should check me out at Sam Valentine on Instagram, at Sam Valentine LA on Twitter, and as always, at OneBrokeActress.com. I have a lot of fun stuff coming up in the rest of 2017, including some big stuff happening in the beginning of 2018. So stay tuned. Um, I'm going to have some little specials out um, with holiday gift guides for agents and managers. We'll do some actually legitimate New Year stuff that you can actually put into place. Um, There's a lot of good things. So make sure you're subscribed to the site as well as subscribe to this podcast and share it with all of your friends That's your good deed for the rest of this holiday season. All right, guys, I will be back with you next week.